welcome to Stage Joy Athletic Clubhouse Chats. But we're not actually in the clubhouse directly right now. We're sat on the veranda, the terrace, overlooking the Stage Door Athletic cricket field. And that chant was not for Ken's brother, Jimmy, who has been a stalwart of the SDA second team for quite some years now, hasn't he, Jack? Yeah, he's, uh, um, he's an all-rounder. He's got a wicked leg spin, though, to be fair to him. Um, yeah, all-rounder, uh, fast bowler, leg spinner, off spinner, opening batsman, um, captain. Captain? He, does he, is he skipped for the second team? He is for the second team, yeah. Second team. They're doing pretty well this season. They are, despite Ken, let's be honest, too. Despite, despite who Ken. Got yeah. eight couldn't runs. Couldn't catch a cold. He couldn't catch a cold. Couldn't catch a cold. Eight runs nope. off 142 balls today. Yeah. We kept telling him to increase the run rate, but he just started to swear at us, didn't he? <laughs> he did. And uh, yeah, that was did. two fours as well, because he doesn't run, Ken. Uh, no, he doesn't run. quite no, frustrating no, no. for whoever yeah. uh, ends up the other end. But, um, yeah, um, good. It was uh, not too bad. 56 all out. 56 all out. Not bad, was it? That many? Jeez. <laughs> did all Fair right, play didn't the boys. Not too bad, not too bad. Now, speaking of cricket, Jack. Speaking of cricket, It's Robert. time to, yes. to review what has got to be one of the best Ashes series, well, probably... In your, of all time. Of all time, certainly in your adult memory. Of course, yeah. We've talked about 2005 um, a little bit before, but um, mm. what a series. But the culmination... Well, what a series. What a series. The culmination of Basball, the culmination of Australia being one of the best test cricketing teams, joining together... In the the sunshine of Britain, of England, probably not. <laughs> we'll talk about the weather, I'm sure. Yeah, but coming together gone, to play some absolutely blistering cricket, I think the whole country's just been blown away by it. It's cricket been compelling, is isn't it? It's back. Yeah. It's back. It's brilliant. It's exciting. I've loved it. Yeah. And surely you have. It's been amazing. I've totally loved it. And as we're going to find out, I mean, that was actually a live recording of Jack and the Holly stand singing to Jimmy Aspen at Edgbaston in the first test because you were there. You were there. Guilty. I did uh, I did three days at Edgbaston this year for the Ashes. Yeah. I've never done into an Ashes match before. And put it this way, it was uh, it, it, it is up there. I mean, we've had conversations about our favourite sporting places to go, places we've been and events we've been to, but uh, in retrospect, this would definitely be up there. Yeah. The first ball, the sun shining down, Zach Crawley slapping it away for oh a four. Oh, my goodness. Unbelievable. But the atmosphere, and the Eric Holly is... It probably is the best atmosphere in English cricket. Um, the Western Terrace, didn't they? But yeah, definitely not. Uh, definitely not. If we're going to do, no way, no way. Everyone listening to this is going headingly. No, 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 no. Eric Holly's Edge Baston, sun beaming down, fancy dress, beers thrown everywhere, yeah. beach balls going everywhere. The sledging of the fielders on the boundary. It's just meant to be. And this year it was brilliant. But the recordings that you're about to hear are of the last day at. Edgbaston this year, yeah. which was quite quite tough to watch in the end. To yeah, be fair, it was very tough. Why do we get? Why do we? Because that was the first test. Why don't we start there? Let's listen to these recordings. It's a bit of a journey. Um, yeah, it's funny journey. because you were in Edgbaston, but as we'll find out, Where I were was you, somewhere Rob? else, uh, which will emerge. <laughs> yeah. um, I various locations throughout this little recording, um, but I think this is one of the <laughs> what I really love about this. It's this like juxtaposition between our days that day. I think it says quite yes. a lot about you and I. But you and I, yes. <laughs> but um, <laughs> let's have a little listen and see where, where what we think. Uh, enjoy this. Okay. Broad's first over of the fifth day at the Ashes. 
It's just been taken for two. Boland. Wait, this is for the podcast, by the way. Here he comes. Go on, Brody. Slapped away. Not even a single. It's looking good. Pitch is slow. It's swinging. It's swinging, boys. Come on! Can I, can I just jump in quickly and say that let's at this pause. point, it's... Yeah, let's pause. At this point, it's probably what? The, the first the first session was off because of the rain. Yes, that was, so that's we right. Started, yes. We started at around 2, 3 o'clock, I want to say, just post-lunch, possibly. Yeah. So I just want to tell the listeners that I am not drunk. <laughs> <laughs> just straight off the bat, I am not drunk. We bought these tickets, me and one of my best pals, Ant, who had already been, he went to the second day. We, um, we knew it was going to go to the fifth. And I said to him in the pub the night before going, I said, look, if we can get a couple of tickets in the Ollies for the last day, it's poised perfectly. It's going to rain in the morning, but if we get the ticket, we'll probably see some cricket and we might see a draw, whatever, fine. But we'll have a few beers. So we get down there and it's it's about two or three o'clock and I, in the end, drove to the ground. So for the rest of these oh, really? um, recordings, yeah, there's no alcohol passing my lips throughout the whole day. I had one. Wow. But there's no alcohol passing my lips. Now, that but, puts a very different slant on my first experience of hearing these messages, but that's interesting. So I kind of feel like I'm... I don't know if it was the atmosphere. I mean, everyone around me was slaughtered, of course, <laughs> the last day of the first test. And listening to that back, I'm quite I'm quite rowdy, aren't I? You are, yeah, already. And already? You, yeah. And this is still pre-lunch, right? Is it, or did we lose the first, the whole? First well, I think session? we lost lunch. We we lost the whole first session. So they they, they did the first ball was around two or three o'clock. Yeah. Again with cricket, I've spoken about this about tennis, where tennis is a little bit, you know, you've got to be quiet and stuff and the hush and all that kind of stuff. Cricket is very loud, very loud, very loud, very loud until the ball is released from their hand, silence yes. from the whole ground, and then. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. I know that's what, it's amazing. Um, those sort of collective reactions that you get. There was a lot of them actually in the last test that we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about. But some real moments when the ball go, goes past the bat, yeah, uh, and the expectation, oh, oh, and what it might lead to, and, and people knowing, especially we'll get to broad and all the rest of it, you know. But what it could of mean course. for people and that sort of collective understanding of the situation, I think, is quite totally. nuanced in cricket. Yes, as I've discovered when I, I sat trying to describe the Ashes series to a Belgian last night but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> who couldn't have been less interested um, not interested okay. let's, um, let's play on so as Jack enjoys day 5 of the opening of this what is already totally enthralling thrilling Ashes series and I think it might be Jack's third day at the Test match you can correct me at least three I've seen via the gram I've been in Barcelona, listening, using up every megabyte of my data allowance, listening to the ashes sat on beaches. I'm currently in a little square in Barcelona, having had a avocado on toast variation with the mushrooms. Reclet cheese on there and a poached egg. You couldn't think of a more more middle-class brunch with a flat white, actually. I want to make two observations. Firstly, this is a final day set-up for who knows what outcome echoes of 2005 similar score to reach all achievable surely a win either way is the outcome let's hope it goes right to the end a nail biter 
And the second observation I want to make is how Jack's chanting singing voice, <laughs> and indeed his first update to the pub, has assumed a slightly pseudo-mask voice, not, not necessarily... Not drunk either. ...natural <laughs> voice. And it's something I've seen before when people chant. We know Jack's a brummy. But when singing, when chanting at sporting occasions, people generally adopt a kind of cockney singing tone. And we heard it there a little bit. With, oh, Jimmy, 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 Jimmy Anderson. And then there's a, a slight hint of self-consciousness and extra masculine edge to his voice um, as he's surrounded by probably friends and strangers thinking, why is he potentially updating us? Um, so I look forward to more of that. <laughs> stop that. Um, did anyone else pick that up? Did you hear that? You could hear that, right? I did. I, 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 yeah. Why do we all become ensemble members from Chichi Chichi Bang Bang? <laughs> it's ridiculous. Um, and when I listen to that, because like, obviously these, these recordings are coming back and forth whilst I'm at the, the ashes. <laughs> so I'm listening to them and I was so aggrieved as you said, as I listened to it. I was like, no, I'm not. What you want about that? And I've said absolutely fine. And then you kind of listen and you kind of go, why is everyone doing this weird pseudo masculine <laughs> like screaming cockney london voice it's very true it's true isn't it should we hear you getting pseudo offended yes we can <laughs> uh in reply to that message the only thing i need to say is why are you listening to me sing when we're about to win the first test of the ashes i'll sing like a cockney mate i don't give a shit we're gonna win mate we're gonna win god jimmy here he comes <laughs> oh, nah, it's poor. It's poor. It I mean, the weather's cleared up here. Isn't it? I'm singing like a man. It's a little bit actually, <laughs> and I'm not. I'm not anyway. drunk. It's tense here, it man. Tense, it's so tense. tense. It is tense. Um, yeah, I, I, I wasn't even drunk. It's just I was. Look, I was heightened. I was heightened because of the uh, circumstances of the mm. game, and. I don't know. I probably was slightly jealous that you were in Barcelona in the last square. <laughs> Who were you sat near? Who were you around? It was just you and your one mate. So yeah, it was just me and a, me and me and Anthony, my best pal. To the front of us were some boys from London. They'd come up on the train, and it was just beer after beer after beer after beer. To the right of us, like a family, and then back left. It was an odd. I had an odd experience at the Ashes on the last day. I actually got recognised. Oh. Um, for being in Dear Evan Hansen at the, the ashes. ashes. Yeah. So somebody came up to me. We were downstairs and we were getting some food in the concourse. And some guy walked past me and was just like, oh, my God. And I was like, hey. I was like, did we go to school or something like that? He was like, are you Jack Loxton from Dear Evan Hansen? I was like, no, not at the ashes. Surely not. Wow. Surely. And I said, yeah, yeah. And he said, oh, my God. Uh, I love the show. Sam was amazing. You were great. I love the music. Love great showman, Benj and Justin, all that. Blah, 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 blah. Can we do this quickly? Can we take this picture quickly? Because if my rugby pals see me, I'm going to get beaten the shit out of. Oh, because we were all sitting upstairs. Underneath the stand. And he was like, quickly, because all my mates will take the piss out of oh me. We're all God. upstairs watching the match. Well, I'm quite reassured by that because with our very, very unique angle on trying to find uh, a space in the podcast market and thinking that, you know, well, musical like theatre yeah, and he'll... sport surely has an audience, um, we, we realise there is one person out there oh. listening. I hope you, you sent them the link. Um, yes, I hope he's listening. <laughs> it was nice to meet you. You were very lovely, bless you. Um, um, brilliant. All right, let's carry on listening. Well... 
It's advantage Australia based on that start, I would say, so far, wouldn't you, Jack? Kawaja looks like he's settled back in right away. He's the big threat today. He stays in and just, you know, if he scores 50, 60 runs today, then the rest will work with him, I think. That's the key wicket that needs to go, but Berlin looking comfortable as well. No movement for England's bowlers at all, it feels like. I don't know. No longer confident. Bowling's gone! <laughs> Off he goes! <laughs> straight in, straight in. <laughs> Broad, nick and slip, taken by best. Another bowling. insight into my yeah, sporting Just expertise there. there. <laughs> yes, quite. Bowling's gone! Bowling's gone! Bowling's gone! Brilliant, and so begins the chant. Let's pause there. I mean, just the, actually talking about the series, it did feel quite foreboding. I mean, hindsight's a brilliant thing, but Kawaja, we know, did, you know, really put the scuppers on us in that test. And he did look set, and you just, it felt like it was going to be a long day, didn't it? Yeah, big time. Um, I mean, the, the whole day was tense, but as soon as Kawaja was uh, gone, which is coming up, it sort of... The, the mood changed. This is the great thing about Test cricket. It's re and especially this series, it has ebbed and flowed like any like nothing else I've ever experienced. Every single test. And you know, it's 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 fine margins. It's like if they get twenty more runs, if they don't get twenty if we get another wicket, if the rain comes over, if the ball starts swinging, there's so many different factors. And that last day I've never experienced anything like it because Kawaja was really, I mean, both innings at Edgebaston, he was, you know, steady, solid, proper good cricket. Yeah. He's an incredible batsman. And I think you're so, right. Yeah, I mean, I think that is one of the joys of test cricket for sure, that it can swing like that. But I think this series exemplified that better than many I can remember because I think totally in recent agree. years, when you've been watching the England team, maybe just even two, three years ago, you would have seen like a few wickets tumble and you thought, oh, that's it, gone. You know, we've got nothing left yeah. to come. We don't have that sort of resistance. We don't have that resilience. You know, that's probably it. The game's set in turn, and it did often play like that. But I think both these teams, you you look down the audience, you're like, well, he could put some on. He could put some yeah, on. Yeah, he, he could put some on. Including it's the really Aussies interesting when you watch it. I think they can bat really long, as they proved and in this test. Totally. I mean, when you watch it on telly as well, like every time a bat comes out for each team, the stats come up. And you look at everybody, even the tail enders averages, and they're like 30 or 40. Yeah. And 30 or 40 runs is massive in this series. Yeah. And it has been. It's the best series. Shall we carry <laughs> on this? Where, where are we up to it? Boland's just gone. <laughs> That's you singing that, isn't it? That's me, yeah. Oh, the atmosphere was so good. Listen to you. <laughs> Back yes. to Barcelona. Brilliant work. <laughs> my pessimism turning the tides. <laughs> Very good. What I have discovered is that my feed is on quite some delay. So please do update me of wickets. <laughs> As uh, I was a good three minutes behind you there. Come on, England. That's actually Come here. We'll have a pause here. Let's talk about cricket chanting quickly. God. Let's let's talk about cricket chanting. What's um what's what's your opinion of cricket chanting? Um, well, we're about to hear one which I think is absolutely fantastic, which is coming up. <laughs> um, but, I'm preempted it.
That's a perler, isn't it? I mean, it's sort of the most literal chant I've ever heard in my life. It's so funny. And I always think about any chants, whether it's in football stadiums, rugby stadiums, cricket stadiums, wherever. Who's the person who sort of written it, and distributed it to a level where people, there's a general understanding, and then sort of triggers it to get everybody in time? Yeah. I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. But, you know, when you're in a musical or, you know, you play with a song, you know, everyone needs a camera and a conductor and a stick to make sure. Yeah. But it's sort of like crowds just find their rhythm, don't they? It just sort of happens, really. And, like, I, I like to think about people who do chants, like, when they make them up. Do they sit at home, like Oscar Wilde used to do with a little candle and, like, an inkwell <laughs> and think about chants that they can play and sing? Lads, I've, I've come up with a polo. You know Bowen's beard? It's a bit massive. <laughs> <laughs> what um, about this? Yeah, and I've thought about some classic tunes that we could set this to, but I, I, I'm just thinking we go with standard <laughs> chant here. Standard, yeah, just rhythmical yeah. chant, yeah. Standard <laughs> chant one, yeah, perfect, yeah. I, I think I'm in for that. Brilliant. What's the tempo? Yeah, yeah four, four, yeah, okay, perfect. Great. And three, two, one. Um, yeah, it's, um, it is funny. But I guess, I mean, I've never been part of a fanzine or anything, mm. but I think they do chants do get sort of distributed on those sort of channels, don't they? You know, fanzines. Yeah, hymn sheets. They're hymn sheets, right? Yeah, exactly. There's a great Brendan Harrison one, uh, Leeds chant, which was uh, to Estelle's American Boy, which is very good. Class. Let's uh, pick this up. Sorry if the bubbles are a little distracting. That's the jacuzzi I'm setting on the roof top pool. (laughs) Well, Moen Alley, his massive beard. Oh, Rob. Well, um... As the tide turned, head out. The aggressive quick scorer head. So maybe that will um, maybe that will be the crucial wicket of the day. Let's see. It is uh, unbelievably tense here as the crowd go again in the Ollies. But I don't know, man. We need to get Kawaja big time quickly. He's 48 runs off 140 mm. balls, but yeah. He gets to end a play in the second in the second session, and he's just going to go fucking mental. But I don't know, man. It's tense. A couple more wickets, and I'm happy. But I don't know, man. My vocabulary is just pause there. My vocabulary is not very good. I've said it's tense about forty thousand times. Um, but I'm maybe a professional just... actor. I should have more words in my arsenal. Maybe it's just maybe it was just tense, Jack. Maybe it was tense. Yeah, yeah. it's a dominating emotion for you there. But I think it's that that clip was. It, there was a sense that it was starting to turn. Yes, I was and very was tense in the was... jacuzzi on the rooftop of hotel. <sighs> there, rooftop jacuzzi. It's comic. Comment down below, actually, <laughs> when this episode comes out, would you have rather been at the final day at the Ashes at Edgbaston in the party atmosphere of the Eric Olly stand or sitting in Barcelona with the trotters up in a jacuzzi? <laughs> I think this is going to split the vote. Yeah. It will split the vote. be interesting. I know. It was hard. <laughs> Test match special on in my ears. As we're about to find out, mm. you pretty much guarantee I was the only one doing that, as we'll discover <laughs> the environment where that pool was in a minute. Um, Shall yeah. we carry on? Yes, let's. It's tea. I'm eating fish and chips. It's tense. <laughs> I said that again. <laughs> it, this could go anywhere, but I'm feeling slightly less optimistic now. Um, Kawaja is boring as sin, but he's sticking around, and I think it's not going to rain, I don't think. So we'll finish the game off today, but I just. But having said that, they've got to go for it now, haven't they? They've got to go for it, and if they've got to go for it, we might be able to start taking wickets, but this wicket is not moving enough. It's not swinging enough. And Moeen's finger, 
don't know. Mm. I'll come back to you in two hours. Either with a pint of whiskey celebrating or a cup of tap water because I'll be crying on the way out. Come on, England. Yeah, I'm in two minds about this one. It feels like, in one sense, it could be really thrilling. England come out after tea. Maybe Stokes just puts in two or three overs. Maybe Broad goes mad for a couple of overs and turns the game. Or it could just really fizzle out with Kawaja, just knocking them off bit by bit, bit by bit. No more wickets to the end of the day. And I don't know, I've got a feeling it could be the latter. But then I am a pessimist. I hope to hear from you, Jack, with whiskey in hand. We're about to hear in a second something that I think just really epitomises your mood change from those uh, that first ball broad steaming in, the optimism, the hope of the day, and that feeling at tea. Let's have a little mm. listen. Here we go. Come on! Come on, England. <laughs> Come on! Come on, England. Come on, England. Let's pause no. there. Uh, you can hear no. the difference between the two there. That's very clear, isn't it? Oh, my God. And it was true. It really was. Tea was... I'd just been absolutely robbed as well. It was like 14 quid for fish and chips. I was fuming. Mm. The mood was starting to change. Kawaja was just knocking around. Cummins had just probably said, look, get through the next 30 overs and go to town after. But it was so bad and the bowling wasn't working. Anderson, as much of a legend as he is, was doing nothing. Broad couldn't find anything. Moeen, we hadn't spoke about, was injured. His finger was really, really bad and he was trying to figure that out. (laughs) My two emotions. (laughs) God, that second one's horrible. It's it's the first one that slightly alarms me. (laughs) Um, I'm sober as well, I'm sober. Yeah. So you keep saying, I think you might be protesting too much. Shall we play through <laughs> to the end? Let's see what uh, how it winds up. We Let's know how it wound up, but we, we might do, as well yeah. <laughs> Fucking got him! Come on! Oh, this is tense now, isn't it? It's tense. Yes. It's like yes. sit on the roof in Barcelona, <laughs> surrounded by gay men in speedos, dipping in and out of the pool. The only man guaranteed to be listening to the fifth. <laughs> to the first test uh, Ashes test at Edgebaston it's tense two wickets required I love it I love it come on England it can be done it will be See, done there was hope there wasn't there, there was a bit we of believe hope there. we believe again there really oh was oh my god are we going to be watching well. replays yeah, that stuck catch dropped catch for years oh the catch oh, yeah. See, oh, that was yeah See, there's been a few uh, of them, and you think about the that fifth test, that could, could have all changed yeah. in that moment Beats as well. Beats by two wickets. Big time. Uh, absolutely good. Absolutely yeah. good. We should, we should have taken advantage of the new ball. Stokes' early declaration on the first yeah. day comes into play now. Listen to how and sad I am. That drop that he had about five or six mm. overs ago, he should have caught that. We were right behind that. I reckon he should catch that, but anyway... Australia are an unbelievable batting side, so. But as a pal of mine just said, if that's going to be the rest of the uh, rest of the series, we're in for a fucking treat. Yes, what a fucking treat! And it's going to be bad for our blood pressure. But anyway, and it was fucking unbelievable test. Edge Baston is by far the best atmosphere in cricket. Mm-hmm. Uh, the correct. Eric Hollis is batting all the way through. So uh, we go again. Well, that's it. And I think on balance of play, I think that's a fair result. I don't know what you think, Jack, but Pat Cummins, I think, deserves all the cred there. He showed leadership to steer that out. And they set about things today with a really good strategy, which was like just 
frustrate England, Kawaja, do your thing. I hate to say it, I think they deserved it. I think they neutralised Basball. I think they neutralised England. We didn't have an answer. And I think that's kudos to Cummins. 1-0 Australia. Let's go, Lords. Up the England. Up the stage door, Athletic. Luckles out. <laughs> I think that really pretty much sums it up. <laughs> Luckles out. Oh, he's a good reporter. I like Very it. Good. He's good. Yes. Well, I mean, look, this is not um, sport punditry. This is our podcast, so no. we don't need to wrap up the rest of the series. People know how it played out. What were the sort of highs of the series for you? What are the things that are going to live long in the memory, do you think, for you? I put something on my story the other day from the Barmy Army. Oh, and yeah. This list is absolutely perfect. All right, give us it. The Crawley first ball four. Yeah, I mean, incredible. what a start. The f- I mean, what a start. The whole crowd went mental. The first declaration, we were all... Have you seen Phil Tuffer's going, are they walking off? Are they walking <laughs> off in commentary? So no idea. I love those the Edgebaston finale. The finale was fantastic. Obviously, it didn't go our way. Yeah. The Johnny Bairstow Carey incident. Yes. We haven't discussed that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that cricket? Is that cricket, Rob? Well, it was. I, mean, I don't was think cricket. that's cricket. That's what it was. I don't think I mean, that's cricket. Yes, it was the spirit of the game. Um, Definitely I, not. I don't know. I sort of, I think, when the heat of the moment disappeared after that, and you look at it, it was all pretty much one gesture. It was one thing through. I thought what was interesting about it is how it affected Cummins for the rest of the season. I agree. Series, mm. because I don't feel he was quite the same again. And he strikes me as a very nice man, Cummins, even though he's still got the Aussie hard nose, win at all odds mentality. Mm-hmm. I think it did knock him back a little bit after that. But Careful, um, Rob. Yeah. Careful. Beat the Aussies at all costs. Yeah. Beat yeah. the Aussies at all costs has to be done I don't think that was cricket anyway uh, the Stoke Century I yes. mean he brought it back yeah. fantastic bit of redemption Woody spell at Headingley his Pfeiffer yeah. Jesus that was incredible what the nail biting run chasing leads as well yeah. yeah great series from Woody Crawley's 189 at Old Trafford yeah incredible fantastic was, was he high did he he was highest run taker wasn't he highest run score run for the whole series I think he was yeah. and um, I think what it was the run rate at which he went in that particular innings yeah. it was kind of brutal yeah. and it had everything in it I mean that was proper basball basball go for it uh, beautiful and uh, the next one on this list is the rain yeah question for you Rob do you think cricket needs to adapt its format to alleviate anticlimaxes like Old Trafford I think what winds me up as an avid test match special listener and I've had some great moments through this series listening on long drives what winds me up at, t- at stages and they've got better at this kind of stuff but there's still a long way to go is religiously sticking to 11 o'clock starts uh, absolutely yep. crazy get on at 10 why can't you start at mm-hmm. 10 and, and start hours particularly if you know for example rain's coming at midday get it in early then why it takes 60 to 90 minutes to mop it up and, yes, then the inspe- and then the umpires come out and have a look. And then they give a time 20, 30 minutes later to start. Why isn't everybody ready to go the moment the rain stops? A bit like Wimbledon. Off the covers come, yeah. get on and play. And if that means better covers and it needs more investment of people to do it, get on. People should be warmed up. They're not like warming up for 20 minutes afterwards. Get on. Yeah. So I yeah. think that's sort of sat on the balcony with their feet up eating three square meals a day around a match. <laughs> I think, you know, why you think of Mandy Murray sort of like getting through a five set epic in five hours on a couple of those squeezy energy <laughs> pouches and a bath of breathe, banana. Rob, breathe, I just Rob, think breathe, for God's Rob. sake, why do you need to sit down and have roast <laughs> venison and four veg in the Lord's long room? I, you know, I agree with you. 
I totally agree with you. There is something very um, old-fashioned about it all, and it's a bit. It's time for it to move on. Yeah. We need to get a bit more technology with the with being able to clean up the ground. I mean, the speed in which they do. I mean, I watched it at Edgbaston, and it took absolutely hours. And by that time, there's more rain coming. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Another thing: why don't you just keep playing? Keep playing until it's done. Yeah. Keep playing. Maybe have another three. Maybe have two or three reserve days after the last day in inverted commas, and have a couple of reserve days just to finish the overs off. Yeah. Because it's not fair. I mean, Old Trafford was a really good example of it because if we win that, you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. A couple of anyway. thoughts I uh, want to get your take on. I thought it was really fascinating about listening to interviews with Ben Stokes through the series, and he talked about this idea of winning not being the thing and about the style and about the legacy that's created, about the response it's creating amongst the fans and the excitement and the re-engagement with Test cricket. And I found mm. that really fascinating because it made me start thinking from a sort of director's point of view about when you direct a show. And obviously the sort of nearest to a results culture in theatre, I guess, is the reviews, right? Which the producers mm-hmm. and the money people want five-star reviews. They want to be able to sell the tickets. They want to be able to publicise it. And of course... Mm. Everybody involved wants that if it, if it feels genuine. But seriously, when I'm directing something, I always think, for me, it is about the process. Is everybody enjoying it? Is mm-hmm. the audience, are they going away different and better for having had the experience of watching that play? Being provoked, mm-hmm. uh, being entertained, being engaged. Something really tangible that's going to have... Well, not tangible, something, I guess, a bit more visceral, actually, about the emotional relationship to what they've seen. And that it has a Mm -hmm. legacy that in their thoughts, maybe in their politics, maybe in their warmth and pleasure and engagement, if it's just been, you know, unabided joy and entertainment. And so I think there is something about that. And I always think I'd much rather have a load of five-star reviews and one-star reviews, or indeed one-star reviews, than a kind of meh. Yeah, it was fine. Mm. Three stars mm. along the way, but we it's, don't hear it's that certainly in sport, uh, do we? Not really. It's, rare. It's, it's 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 very rare. The only other example I can give is bias wise because I'm a West Brom fan. Tony Pulis kept us in the Premier League for three years, and which is a success. And um, you know we didn't get relegated. Probably a couple of top ten finishes. That's probably where Albion should be at that point. Yeah. But the football was so bad with he that he was playing for about. 16,000 people at the Hawthorns. Yeah. Nobody went. The style was awful. Nobody was buying tickets. Um, but essentially, we were winning, in inverted commas, being you know a mid-table Premier League club. And the fans essentially got him out of the club yeah. because his style wasn't entertaining or anything like that. So, you know, is sport a results-based business? Yes. Does it come secondary to the style in which that success is achieved? I'm not too sure, Yeah, it's if I'm good. honest with you. I think it's really, and we see that again, actually, it's a really good point because, you know, of course, the ideal is birth, right? We want incredibly course, successful yeah, teams yeah. doing it in an incredible way. And you could argue that, you know, Man City and uh, Liverpool of recent years, Arsenal back in the um, Invincibles stage were kind of doing that, I guess, yeah. with those, that combination. But you're right, I mean, Bielsa went in the end, everyone loved watching him, but, you know, we were getting beat. 6-0 yeah. we didn't have any of the ideas yeah. so you do need that flexibility and I think if you got Stokes in a room on his own he would probably say yeah he would not exactly yeah, yeah I think I you know I think it's a good I think it's a good line mm. to say to the media is it potentially 
fruitful in terms of results clearly not eddie hearn did a you know the boxing promoter yes. he did an interview with someone and he was like appalled he was like what a load of rubbish like, why on earth yeah. they, that's absolutely <laughs> ridiculous you know what a load of bollocks and all this kind of stuff and i'm like yeah fair enough you've boxing's a little bit different one-on-one anyway he makes a fair point because who goes home after a five nil loss if we'd have lost this series five nil oh, at least it was entertaining no I'm not saying that. Yeah. I'm sitting in the pub going, the Aussies have just whitewashed us on our own patch. Yeah. I'm fucking fuming. Yeah. So it, it is a balance between the two. I think has that balance been reached this year? Probably. It has been incredibly entertaining and we drew it. Fair enough, they retained it, but we didn't get a drub in. It was very entertaining. But if he was to come out again in his next captain to, to captain the next series and say, well, you know, it was entertaining to watch, but we lost, I'd be a little bit peeved off. Yeah. It's time to move on from that now and become a little bit better. But, in, you know, for the... For the acting analogy, the directorial analogy, it does make sense. I'm not there to perform for critics. Mm. Um, but it's not really results-based business for a director and an actor. It is for the producers, but well, maybe not so much as for us. level, isn't it, to some degree? I don't know. For jobs, maybe directors, I don't know. But for, for me, certainly as an actor, once the door's finished, when I'm, once I've finished the job, it's, it's finished, and I kind of move on to the next thing. Unless I was to do, like, I'm a celebrity and be horrible on it that would ruin my career yeah. but i get that yeah i don't know but it's interesting it is interesting final thing because uh i can see uh everyone's in the bar started to get on it in the uh stage yeah the sun's together. gone down no it's, it's getting a little rowdy in there i would say yeah. who do you think have been the sort of theatrical stock characters of the series who's been the hero who's been the villain who's been broad Stuart broad as per usual, I mean, obviously the hero, his retirement came out of nowhere, yeah. absolutely brilliant. But my favourite moment of the Ashes is him turning the bales over, not once, <laughs> but twice. <laughs> what a legend. What a legend. Mind games. I love that thing about cricket. I love that. I've recently just joined a cricket club and I had my first game on Saturday. And the, the sledging, the banter, the mind games, the, even at village level, talking about, you know, on the, on the stage of the Oval, in your last game, picking up the bales, <laughs> turning them round, and then taking the next wicket. Yes. He's a genius. Okay, He will be good. sorely missed. I think you're right. And, you know, hitting a six on your last ball. I mean, that's amazing. And it's been really yeah. interesting listening to all the sort of tributes paid to Broad. Mm. But people talk all the time, don't they, about um, uh, if you'd written the script yourself. Uh, it's yeah. amazing because that analogy always comes into sport. And I think there was a there was an interesting bit of writing going on at the end with the uh, the bales the six the, and the, the script writers up exactly um, the script writers upstairs absolutely nailed it who's been the villain then who's i mean people sort of i guess talked about the pantomime villain um i guess being around the stumping i suppose yeah i think it's the way in which cummins spoke about it in his interviews afterwards it was very much um no of course not no of course not don't be a dick. There's a conversation to be had about this because clearly it's not cricket. It's not gentlemanly. It's not sportsmanship. There's a conversation to be had there. And he said, no, nah, I didn't see anything wrong with it, mate. Yeah. I'm like, you, oh, it was vile. I really, I really don't like him. Really? Maybe it's because oh, he's captain in Australia. But obviously Alex Carey became the sort of pantomime villain, didn't he? Uh, Warner is always booed in that sense. He, But he didn't quite play up to the part this year, did he? He was sort of, um, I don't know, he was a reluctant villain this year. He didn't seem like he wanted to get involved yeah. in any of the hard booing. I, I don't think he had a very good series, mm. if I'm honest with you. The broad Warner enemy saga 
as it's come to an end, Warner was saying some very beautiful things about Broad, and Broad was saying some beautiful things about <laughs> about Warner. To be fair, so you know that respect, I think, took over the the villain ship, yeah. as it were, from Warner. And he didn't really have a good series. We weren't really bothered by him, and Broad kept him quiet for the series, really. Yeah. Um, so final theatrical role, the, the, the cameo, you know, the the sort of like just smaller part that someone comes in, plays, has a big impact, and then gets in the dressing room and gets on the on the wine a little bit early who who was the best cameo performance Todd Murphy's glasses they were really nice <laughs> really really smart um he looked great he looked really really smart i love the glasses and he actually played well yesterday of time recording yeah. he um he had us pooing ourselves a little bit at some point um i don't know Moe and ali's been absolutely fantastic yeah, isn't he really i guess um, call coming is back one in for that 68 or 178 whatever it was it was a nice yeah, uh, cameo performance yeah. Stokes at Headingley again yeah. really turned things around, didn't he? Being a Warwickshire fan as well, um, it's nice to see that the Brummies helped you out, helped us all out yeah. with Moeen Ali and Chris Wokes. Yeah, so Wokes you know, was, flying the flags with fantastic. Blue. I think he was the dependable friend character throughout yes. the series. Good shout! Uh, just yeah, sort of really shout. helped helped guide us through the one. Um, not especially dynamic, but you, you you need them. You need them to hold it all together. Steady Eddie. Yeah. Hmm. All right then. Well. Um, uh, what a series! Um, what a series! Yeah. What um, we're not going to see that again for a long time. We're not because it was entertaining. It was incredible. I mean, we didn't um, really get. If only it hadn't have rained. Yes, uh, I know. And we didn't get a chance to talk about this, but just I'm keeping this under my hat for a little bit. But you know, there's been a bit of controversy about the venues for 2027. There's going to be no Northern venues, yeah. no Old Trafford, no Headingley. No. So no. it's uh, rumored to be well. They've announced. It's Lords, the Oval, Trent Bridge, the um, Aegeus Bowl, and Edgebaston. Mm. But there is talk of a sixth test. Go on. Here. No. At, at Stage of Athletic. There's Shit. talk of adding we on sh- a sixth test here. We need to start rolling the crease, mate. Yeah. I'll see you in a minute. Yes, get out there, get the heavy roller on. I'm going, I'm it's going. Ken, Ken, get the crease, get the roller. Ken, get the roller. I'll speak to you later, lads. See you later.